This is gonna be fucking fun. Ryan, you are in the hole, the Major League A-Holes, episode 118, a long-awaited long 118th episode. I think yeah, the last I, in the hole we did was back in December, actually, so it's been a while. You, that was when you were hopeful about your teams. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, was a, it was a cheerful December time when anything was possible, and uh, little has come to fruition, as we will get to. Uh, actually, a lot has, but... Uh, I've got mixed emotions about a lot of it. So we've got the World Baseball Classic going on right now. Actually, it's Puerto Rico zero, Dominican Republic zero in a pivotal matchup. I think this is for Puerto Rico goes home, right? Uh, I think they lose uh, that. I don't know. I thought whoever loses goes home, but maybe Uh, maybe maybe that's it. Yeah, I could be wrong, but um yeah, that's going to be fun to talk about. Everything that's gone on in the World Baseball Classic. Something to do in mid-March as opposed to fake baseball games uh, as spring training is. Uh, this has proved to be very exciting. It's the first one, I think, since 2017 because they canceled it in 2020. Yeah. So I, I kind of forgot about how cool the World Baseball Classic was, but we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, I'm actually going to tack on a World Baseball Aesthetics into that, much much to your chagrin. Sure, everyone's excited out there. <laughs> we'll be talking about the <laughs> uniforms and logos and all that shit because I want to, and it's my fucking podcast. Uh, beyond that, we have our off-season grades for my Cubs, your Giants, my Tigers. You already did yours for your White Sox uh, on Sox type thing episode. I think it was episode 18 that just came out a week or two ago. So check that out. I also put it on the, in the whole feed. So if you're subscribed, you have gotten that as well. And if I remember to do this and if we have time at the end, I'm going, we've got a brand new special segment that we might do yearly. Uh, Name my fantasy baseball team name. Uh, I'll I'll explain that later, but I'm going to, it's a audience participation project for everyone. So, I guess we might as well go ahead and jump into the news. Now here's the news. It's the news. The big news. Oh, fuck, Scotty, that is good news. That is great news, man. Let's bring it all home as Major League Baseball presents This Week in Baseball. World World Baseball Baseball. Classic. Have you been watching? I have. On and off. I'm excited tonight. USA on at... uh, 10 year time, nine our time here. That's kind of a problem zone. here. I mean, uh, Eastern time zone, 10 o'clock. I mean, I'm an old man. Yeah. 10 o'clock start time is pretty late. Nine o'clock. I, I miss the central time zone. I probably bring this up every couple of episodes, but yeah, I think it's the perfect time zone. Nine o'clock is a great time to start a baseball game. If you ask me. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's so great either, but I'll, I'll take it over 10 o'clock. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm excited to watch that game. The USA, as you would hope they would do, seems to, after that first game, be performing well in the yeah. World Baseball Classic. I mean, they... It was iffy for a while. It is America's pastime. So, I mean, 
you know, they should win it, but we'll see. They've only won one of these, I think. I, think I know, I know. Japan has won. I forget who's all won these, but I think we won the last one. We probably won in 2017 to set things right in the world as the yeah. world fell apart. But yeah, I think it's also proof there how much of a melting pot uh, baseball is, and how cool. much of a how much great talent from around the world plays in the U.S. every year on these major league baseball teams. So I had no idea Israel a, had a national team or great. I Britain, know Chinese Ugh. Taipei. I guess I should have assumed because don't they always win the little league world series? Yeah, I uh, think so. Yeah. South Korea. It, it's definitely a interesting, interesting mix across the planet. That's one thing that I kind of had a gripe about, like the way this started, like the first couple of games were I, think in tokyo or taiwan or someplace yeah. in east asia but you know it started like four in the morning <laughs> i didn't even yeah. know i didn't even know it was happening like oh i thought we were kicking this thing off with a bang but it was kind of kind of uh obscure timing wise but that's my own i guess ethnocentrism uh time zone centrism <laughs> worried <laughs> about but uh, part of that thing is is odd to me because I noticed uh, a couple of your prominent White Sox are, of course, for Team Cuba. They're playing in East Asia uh, at four, like, you know, four in the morning, and they really got off to a slow start. It seemed like jet lag might be an issue. It just seems like a strange place for Cuba to be starting the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, I I'm not sure how they <laughs> figured out those draws, but. Yeah, and then they uh, they seem to have it together now. I think part of their problem is they have they have a senior citizen on their team in Cespedes, like just taking <laughs> up a spot, producing nothing. Like mm. what the fuck? I saw that. I was like, you got to be kidding me! What the hell is he doing on the, in this thing? But I I guess it's really an exhibition in a way. Yeah, right? it's fun. It's for the kids. Yeah. It's for and the, the kids. Old people, it's for, I, I'm telling you, it's 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 nice. To your point, I think you said it best. It's Nice to see baseball um, where, you know, someone's not going to just go out and work on fastballs or chains up, mm. change ups for three innings. They're going to try to get people out. They're trying to get people out. They're not trying there, to work out kinks. Yeah. There aren't mysterious agendas that you might have no, no inkling of that could be right. drastically affecting statistical lines as is the case in spring training games. Yeah. That's why we read very little into spring training itself. Certainly the stats, uh, there might be a little bit to glean here and there, but that's why this episode is not about spring training. It's about everything else. So, well, the, the big thing in my mind and in many people's I've noticed on social media is certainly the aesthetics of the world baseball classic. I'm going to call this segment, the world baseball aesthetics. Hey, Kramer, what do you think of this shirt? It's too busy. You know what you two look like? Dorks. <laughs> they look like a couple of dorks. I think it's the stupidest shirt I've ever seen, to be perfectly honest with you. You look like a fool. Can I say one thing to you? And I say this with an unblemished record of staunch heterosexuality. Absolutely. <laughs> it's fabulous. Wow, that's real. Yeah, yeah how clever is that? Yeah, did you, <laughs> how, how late did you stay up? <laughs> Actually, I stayed up late working on the logo for oh, it specifically oh, that you'll see. I can't wait on, to see it. 
when I break out this video section of this podcast. Oh, I'm looking forward to it after such that. a great name. I can't wait to see how great <laughs> the logo is going to be. You'll see that on YouTube and Facebook if you want to see our fucking faces. Um, <laughs> Doesn't everyone? Not just listen to our beautiful voices. Um, ah, yes. The reason I was working on that logo is because they actually uh, changed the World Baseball Classic logo this year. I don't know if you noticed that since the inception. Uh, so somehow in the the subsequent years between 2017 and now, they decided to upgrade the the branding package a bit. Uh, the I'm aware of that just because I work in minor league baseball, which is now, of course, owned by major league baseball who sent out a branding package for the new logo and Uh, how to use it, how to properly call this tournament. They specifically said we should not be calling this the WBC, even though everyone calls it the WBC because it's a very long winded title. Uh, WBC is a world boxing commission. So they didn't want to be confused with that, which is absurd, but I found that amusing. The cool part of that is they give me access to the official logos, the vector art and all that shit. So the the full branding package. So I'm such a logo design dork that I downloaded all that shit and manipulated it into my own version. So that's that's why I'm expounding upon this uh, far too much. But the big thing that people really get into, which is really fun about this, is the uniforms, I think, because they're so different than what we're used to. In the United States and Major League Baseball, we have a very, very kind of cookie cutter set of aesthetics for baseball uniforms in a lot of ways. Some teams get a little bit outside the box, but really doesn't vary very all that much. And you don't really notice that until you see the things like the World Baseball Classic and how how varied the uniforms are and how with yeah. different cultures, their different takes on it. I really appreciate that. I think a lot of people do, besides just design dorks like me, but you, know, you see the color, the colors, they really, they try to represent their countries. I think that's really fun. It's like uh, city think, connect. Exactly. Well, I think they do a much better job than city connect. Cause it actually makes sense to the globe as opposed to a neighborhood. <laughs> um, Sometimes it doesn't even make sense to the neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. The, the fun thing about it is I think everyone's got a, opinions about this specifically, which sometimes, sometimes you specifically, Pete, do not. But I think, I think you've got some opinions about what you liked, what you didn't like, uh, some cool uniforms, some not so much. What, what were yeah. your thoughts off the bat? Well, I'll give you a, a few thoughts, general thoughts first. I like that there's not a ton of mimicking major league baseball uniforms which i appreciate yeah because they can do anything they want like these yeah these national teams have no there is i mean there's an affiliation with major league baseball which i don't fully understand but you know they they they're their own national committees they can do whatever the fuck they want which is yeah that leads to diversity and is awesome i i would say the only jerseys that have somewhat is like canada looks a little bit like the blue jays Mm -hmm. jerseys um, with the lettering. Yeah, that's good. And, call. and so does Israel. Israel uh, kind of mimics the same thing. The one that's that definitely the, Blue Jays. The one that really stuck out to me was Columbia reminds me of the um, the Boston Red Sox City, City, Connect. City Connect jerseys. Yeah, the same colors, same font across the chest. Yeah, I was kind of shocked by that. I, I'm not sure what kind of cultural reference that is, that, that typeface, but yeah. It's certainly their flag colors. I, I, I recognize that, but yeah, that but was I got, interesting. I got to say to me, 
like if I'm going to rank the jerseys and I know there's 20, but I'm just going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to say, yeah, please don't rank. But, I'm not even going to do that. Wow. But I'm going to tell you for <laughs> me, the biggest loser is great Britain. Yeah. That, it's, that is... it's like a mom did it for the fucking team. Yeah. Ding, and ding, send ding, them ding, out ding. to the fucking field like great britain like the the it's it's like they had press on letters like, <laughs> right like and they stickers. didn't even line them up correctly the letting yeah. not even good yeah you, you you picked up on the wow that's a that's a design term right there the letting the the kerning is off the tracking is fucked oh my There's god it's even a, an example there was an example where like the picture the other night the t in great fell off his fucking jersey at the end at some point so yeah the the kerning is bizarre like how they do it the, the there's the way they line it up is like the gr eat breathe yes pain. yeah <laughs> like, right, right so I'm Gur, glad you up on eat breathe i learned a little bit about great britain's national team actually and there's there's kind of an explanation for that that their entire budget for an entire year is f- essentially $50,000, which wow. so they are trying to cut corners any way they can. Cause they have zero funding. So I think they literally go to like, they buy the most generic Jersey they can find and uh, go to, go to some like athletic shop and just have them put on letters and numbers. I mean, that which would is, make sense with a budget like that. Well, that brings up a, a larger point. Like how this is, I, I guess I need to do more research on how this is funded, how this is, how this comes about, who puts this on, who spends the money, who gets the money from the TV contracts. Cause it's been all over Fox, uh, Fox sports one. I believe the and championship. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely two. Rarely see that, but uh, <laughs> it, I think the, as we get deeper into this, it's going to be on regular Fox to maybe in, I would guess the championship round would be, but maybe not, but regardless. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be a substantial TV contract. Who's pocketing that money and not giving it to the teams that are participating. If somebody like great Britain can't even put their fucking name across their chest properly. So I'm kind of questioning that. Like how MLB owners. (laughs) Yeah. There's gotta be a little more in the budget to help, help these teams out. I mean, they're spending their money on travel essentially. And then they can't even address the, address the unit you know something as simple as the uniforms uh so i kind of feel bad that's uh, that's an embarrassing look for for the world baseball classic you know it's not it's not great britain's fault it's cool that great britain's even participating so i think we should give them a little more uh you know have them like have a little more national pride and give them give them a little bit of cash or something somebody's making money off of this someplace and it seems like it should be spread around a little a little better well, than it is. Yeah, and you can tell like some of these teams, like their jerseys are Adidas and stuff like that. Great Britain doesn't even have a. But I think that uh, might be the might be the whole issue. Like everyone yeah. else's jerseys are paid for by some shoe manufacturer. Where Great Britain, I, I don't remember. I've been to Britain a couple times. I don't remember ever seeing baseball being played or mentioned or shown in any way. So, although the Cubs will be there this summer, so they're maybe trying to trying to ramp that coverage up but those games on at four o'clock in the morning oh no yeah. those will be on those will be on i think they're early time. afternoon yeah. yeah early afternoon yeah yeah it's about five hours behind that's how it works out for yeah. soccer games i'm watching the premier league um so we can we can definitely agree that great britain's were the worst through probably no fault of their own but what was your favorite on the other on the other end of the spectrum kind of like puerto rico 
Puerto Rico solid. They haven't changed theirs. I've known I've recognized that typeface for years. They have the same, I believe it's the exact same hat and uh both home and away jerseys they've used all along, which they're solid. Uh it's just strange. One thing you realize, I mean, certainly uh most of these teams, every every country in the world seems to have red, white, and blue, at least in the at least in the Caribbean, North America. Uh, right. There's a lot of red and white and blue everywhere. So it's it's uh, a little bit homogenous, but it's good to see how they how they find a new way to to do that. The the U.S. they're okay. Um, yeah, I don't like them really. The U and the A are kind of typical, and the S is kind of spelled out with a kind of defined by like a waving flag almost. Yeah, I hate the hats. Yeah, the hats are not good. I wish the hats were good. I would probably buy one, but they're exactly they're they're pretty bad with a U.S. and a star behind it of some sort, but. I'm What's gonna, your favorite? Well, I like Venezuela's. Uh, I like watching Venezuela a lot. They're they're a fun team. Of course, Cabrera's on the team. Uh, of course, he's limited to one at bat per game by the Tigers, which is <laughs> funny. I actually saw Brett Taylor from Bleacher Nation poking his nose in Tigers business and making fun of the Tigers and kind of Miggy himself. He's like, well. He was citing his like w, his weighted runs created plus over the last couple of years. Like, do they really need to be protecting Miguel in this case? <laughs> like, so, of course, I was offended by his comments. I've never, I've hardly ever seen Bleacher Nation make any comments about about the Tigers, let alone disparaging comments about my Tigers and the Hall of Famer, maybe the greatest right-handed hitter of our time, Miguel Cabrera. So I uh, asked him, perhaps the Tigers might be uh, wanting to do everything they can do to guarantee Miguel will be appearing at least 81 times at home for his farewell tour <laughs> since they are paying him $32 million this season alone. Woot, woot. And he chimed back, oh, of course, I'm sure that that's what animates it. Like, So you're just making jokes about it. <laughs> like. But I like Brett. I think he was just trying to trying to be a little smarmy, and I was calling him on it. So that's my <laughs> internet feud for the day. But uh, I'm going to go with Mexico as my favorite uniform of the World ba- World Baseball Classic, and it's not just one uniform; it's two of their uniforms, which are tremendous. Their standard uniform is the red jersey with the really cool stylized typeface spelling out Mexico across the front, which I happen to know. A little bit about because I'm such a typography design dork, of course. That font or a version of that font was originally designed for the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City, Ooh. and I've always thought. And you, you'll recognize in that it looks like Mexico to me. I don't know why it doesn't look like an Aztec font or doesn't look. I think it has to do with that Olympics somehow. That's just kind of been ingrained in everyone's memory as. That is the typeface of Mexico. It's super cool. And they've they've embellished upon that a, a bit. That is the M on their hats, the bright red, green, and white. It's a it's a co- color combination you rarely see in American sports because it's just immediately has Christmas connotations, but it doesn't look like a Christmas uniform to me at all. It looks like Mexico. It's tremendous. The only thing that supersedes that is their alternate jersey, which is the same. Same typeface, same logo treatments, but it's in baby blue and pink, which are is a color combination I would never 
associate with with Mexico or baseball or anything. It it is awesome. That that's probably why it's awesome is because it's so outside what, of what you're used to. But I think Mexico <laughs> hit it out of the park on this one, oh. so to speak. So I'm, I'm going to give them my aesthetics, my World Baseball Classic, World Baseball Aesthetics Award for best uniforms by far. Well, so. Con- congratulations, yes. Mexico. I'm sure you've been waiting for this prestigious <laughs> award. Yes, for sure. As so. most people are, whatever we talk about on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> well, yeah, we got we to gotta plow through this episode because I do want to watch the end of this uh this Puerto Rico Dominican game. Puerto Rico's up one nothing. Christian Ooh. Vasquez went yard. Wow. And we've got the US after this. So looking forward to that. It's been a fun, a fun time. We've got the it's really just now ramping up because we're gonna get out yeah. of the group group stage after tonight, I think, or maybe tomorrow that wraps up, and then we're into the quarterfinals and single elimination semifinals do, and finals this do weekend. You any, do you have any idea why? those the two groups that started first actually ended up playing like more games than like the group that the u.s is in and i can't remember the other group i don't understand it i can't fully understand it um i i haven't dug too deep into it so i I don't want to speak out of turn i'm not sure there's got to be a logic behind it but it doesn't seem quite right you know, there's there's one group. Do they all have five teams? And I thought there are four. Some some groups have four, and some have five. That might be part of it. Maybe that's it. But yeah, that may that must be it. There's one group where all the teams have have two wins apiece. So I don't know how yeah. they determine how they. There's like a ratio of runs scored to innings played or something. I, there, there there's bizarre tiebreakers they had to figure out for several things, but. I'm not going to let the minutia get in the way of a, a good time. So however they have to work it out to get these teams into the quarterfinals, I'm all for it. Uh, no, they all do have five. Okay. Okay. I they do. It. Whatever. But, and it, and it, I guess I misspoke. They all have played the same amount of games. I guess just the, those pools that started later are on a more compressed time frame. So. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe weird. they have to get the like the Asia tournament part of the tournament done earlier so they can travel back in time. Yeah, get, that could be it. To be rested and to be ready for the quarterfinals. Um, it's the only thing I can think of off the top of my head. But it's been it's been a confusing. You know, it only happens every three years, and it hasn't happened in six years because of COVID. So we'll get we'll get more familiar and used to it as as it as it continues continues to grow hopefully i i I like it i'm i'm all for it well i think we should move on to major league baseball and my chicago cubs i'll tell you one fucking thing i hope we get fucking hotter than shit just to stuff it up them three thousand fucking people that show up every fucking day who stinks and another thing i'm gonna say i won over 1800 games in the manager and i'm not a damn dumb 85 percent of the fucking world's working. The other 15 come out here. I don't know what the big deal about Cracker Jack is. Cubs. We started doing our off-season grades for our favorite ball clubs. Uh, last time, extras on socks type thing. You, you. Uh, well, did you? Was that a couple times ago where we actually gave that the was, grades? That, that was that was two episodes ago. Okay, because you originally had the, an F for your White Sox, 
but you upgraded that with the addition of Elvis Andrews to an A. <laughs> that's absurd, but no, right. to it. You to go a from D. an F to an E for <laughs> effort. You know. <laughs> no, I, 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 what did I, what did I say? I think C minus now or D plus, something like that. But. Well, that's interesting because I gave my Chicago Cubs a C minus actually. And yeah. I, I, t- I actually wrote a, wrote a blog piece about this. We haven't blogged in a long time after we started this podcast back in 2019. Uh, this used to be a blog, believe it or not, for close to 10 years where we wrote ridiculous shit. So, But I got into that a little bit again, dabbled, dabbled in some writing, just kind of collect my thoughts. Because uh, there's a lot going on with the Cubs this offseason. The $300 million spent by Jed Hoyer and Tom Ricketts on the most number of free agents added of any major league ball club. But I was reminded of a phrase I first heard from one Dan McNeil. On Dan McNeil. The, the old afternoon saloon on ESPN. Ah, Chicago the, good old, the good old days. I do yes. miss that. I do yes. miss that. Dan McNeil, uh, he's subsequently been canceled, essentially, for some ridiculous sexist comments he made on social media. I think he has a podcast now, but he, I, I also think he's kind of a, a caustic personality. I'm not sure he gets along with a lot of people, so just sort of worked out where he can't fit in on any of the radio stations in Chicago, but he's got his podcast still going. But I do remember him once saying, and th- these words have always stuck with me, do not confuse activity with accomplishment. And that, that kind of came to mind when I was thinking about the, the Cubs offseason. And, and when he says that, that also brings up an example that you and I actually experienced. And I, I want to see if I can uh, see if you remember any of this, but which might not, neither of us might remember this properly because this is a bachelor party in New Orleans for our buddy Jason back in 2006. You're talking about the amount of hot dogs consumed by you. Well, and I? it has to do with hot dogs because what was what was the hot dog cart du jour there? They were all over the place. Was it demon dogs or devil dogs or something uh, like that? The, it's the devil. Red... It's deep. It's devil dogs. Devil right? dogs. Okay, yeah. I knew it was one of the because demon dogs was a place right right off. That's the place down here right by DePaul. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's devil dogs, which was a they're red carts all over the place. Fantastic, fantastic hot dogs. But we think. Well, yeah, that, that we usually hit those up about two or three in the morning while we were probably halfway through our evening at that point. But I remember one night we walked up to a, a devil dog cart and there was no oh, one manning God. it. <laughs> but, uh, and apparently I'm assuming he was a homeless person. I, again, I don't remember the details correctly. So I'm, I'm hoping you remember more as much of this or more than I do. But I love this story. I believe a, a homeless person like jumped in behind the, the, de- the devil dog cart and started pretending like he was actually going to make us some hot dogs. Maybe he was trying to trick us into like actually paying him for a hot dog as he kind of did a dance and was like moving his arms around yeah, he, kind of pretending he was like, like he's he, like what all right you want some onions you want some onions yeah. you pretending he could actually access the ingredients and the actual hot dogs because it was all locked down there was just nobody yeah. nobody running it but he was acting like he was actually going to serve us a hot dog and the, I, he did not i feel like that was a, a perfect example of confusing activity <laughs> he was trying to confuse us with his activity versus accomplishment 
Ah, I well played. I like where you're going with this because because you and I are on the same page on this. That's exactly why I brought this story up and I didn't bring it up before we during our prep for this podcast because I wanted to see if I could jog your memory and get a chuckle out of you. But yeah, it's a great story. There's many other stories that trip that will not be told in this podcast. Never. Uh, never. Well, maybe maybe we'll start another podcast about other drinking stories, but uh, tales from the bottom. That homeless person who was trying to attempt to confuse us with his activity into thinking it was accomplishing something seems like exactly what Jed Hoyer has been doing this entire (laughs) offseason for the Chicago Cubs. Like Uh, I said, he spent $300 million of Tom Ricketts money on the most free agents of any major league team this offseason. But what has he really accomplished yeah, I, I'll go. I'll go down the list. I, I go into great detail in, in the blog post, and I'll remember as much as I can for this podcast. I don't want to get too deep into the minutia, but you know, of course, the headlines were Dansby Swanson, which is a fine player, uh, seven-year, one hundred seventy-seven million dollar contract. He had a five-point-seven WAR last year. Defensive stalwart. Uh, that's going to be a theme. That is definitely a theme for the Cubs this year. Uh, run prevention. You're going to hear that all all over the place uh, as they're make, seriously making a priority of defense and essentially run prevention over offense. And I'll get, I'll get over run that. scoring. Yeah. Well, if you can prevent any runs to being scored, all you need is one. So maybe that's yeah. what their their goal is. There, there's some merit to that in to some degree. So see if that plays out. But the the issue with, I have with Danzy Swanson is. It feels like the Cubs got fourth place in the shortstop sweepstakes that we have talked about for years. Um, this is the second year in a row where the shortstop free agent class was tremendous. And I feel like the Cubs had a shot last year and got nobody and went into it this year and ended up with the fourth place. Uh, I want to Trey Turner and I'm going to be sound like a petulant child again. I, we did this in our probably our last episode of In the Hole where we did our offseason to-do list. I want to trade Turner because the Cubs are a major market team. I want to trade Turner because the Cubs are in the third largest market in the country. They have their own television network. There is no reason why they can't be acting with the big boys, spending that kind of money, doing whatever it takes to be in the upper echelon of major league baseball, not just spending, but being though that team that you think of, like, Anytime a free agent becomes available, such as, I don't know, somebody like Shohei Otani next year, uh, why the Cubs should not be involved in that. They are a behemoth, yet they have convinced us fans that they are pretty much a middle market team trying to, you know, trying to get by on their guile and their brilliant acumen and whatever they have to do, you know, to, to get, get by these big, big boys that they can't compete with in other terms, but it's, it's simply not true. Smartly. That's what well, they've been doing. That is spending smartly. That's propaganda is what I'm arguing. That, that is an argument to, to, uh, there's nothing wrong with spending uh, smartly. And that's a, it's a great mantra, but it doesn't mean that, that the Cubs are in a situation where they have to play second fiddle to anyone else. And that is, that is what they've sold the public. And that is, that is why I've been basically on a three-year rant against Tom Ricketts ever since the biblical losses comment. And this is just another example of it where 
I, I think it's fine that they add Dansby Swanson, but that's about all they did. Uh, I'll go through the list. They also added, added uh, Jameson Tyone, four-year deal, $68 million. Great innings eater. Lo- love it. He's a perfect number three in your rotation where the Cubs have nothing but number threes, fours, and fives in that rotation. Maybe you can call Marcus Stroman a two. I, I don't know. I mean, somebody's going to be number one, two, but they don't have an ace. They don't have anyone that's considered an ace. And that's unconscionable for a team in the third largest market in the country. Yeah. The Cubs, who have every every conceivable advantage. They've turned all of Wrigley, all of Wrigleyville into Ricketts. Uh, <laughs> this is getting into my name, my name, my team territory at the end of the show, but Ricketts cash machine is Ricketsville cash machine is what I call Wrigley Wrigleyville these days. The idea that they're, you know, we're supposed to be impressed with getting Jameson Tyone and Dansby Swanson is it's wrong. It's wrong to me. I feel like we're being lied to every time we've, we've been told that we should be excited about that. Those, the other thing is those are the only two long-term deals they signed this whole off season. That, that is uh, three quarters of the $300 million they spent. The, all the other deals they spent is uh, one. They're all one-year deals. There's a couple two-year deals. I think Drew Smiley has a two-year deal. Might be a, another one or two smattered in there, but that's where it gets to the activity versus accomplishment part of my argument. You know, you, you add, you can point to, well, we spent money. We finally spent some money, which they should have been doing all along. I don't, they blame the the pandemic for costing them an ability to spend like other teams have, even though no one else has slowed their spending as we've seen spending skyrocket, including I believe San Diego is the 29th largest market in the country. Yet they are yeah. spending up yeah. with the Mets yeah, we'll, with, we'll we'll get to that. And yeah, that. yeah. So it, it's just it's just it it makes me furious every time I hear intelligent spending, uh, trying to thread the needle. <laughs> those phrases that you've heard from Jed Hoyer. Uh, those are those are all noble enterprises, and they're all they all make sense for a team like the Tigers or a team like the A's or you know middle or small market teams. They they have to rely on on that. I think all teams should do that, but the Cubs also have a built-in advantage that they're choosing not to take, choosing not only choosing not to take advantage of, they're lying to their fans about it, and that's that's why I'm I'm furious about all of this. So, they they made some solid moves, you know, with the with the one-year deals that they that they made. You know, Michael Fulmer is probably the best of their moves, which was one of the more recent moves they actually made. I was shocked he was still on the market, actually. He's a potential closer candidate. They got him for $4 million is all. Former Tiger, um, who was emerged as a tremendous uh, back-of-the-bullpen asset. Um, I love that deal. That's great. Those are all supplemental deals. Uh, Trey Turner, I'm sorry, Trey, Trey Turner would have been great. Trey Mancini, Trey Boom Boom Mancini, uh, who's... A uh, favorite of mine, a uh, cancer survivor, which is tremendous. He's he's returned uh, fully healthy. He actually was on the world champion Houston Astros, helped them contribute to that championship. Love that signing. The problem is they signed Eric Hosmer before that, which makes almost no sense to me. He, he ended up with decent numbers by the end. I think he had a 1.2 war at the end of the season, but 
Eric Hosmer is he's done. I mean, his maybe his defense is is still there, but he's not an offensive threat. Nope. Yet the the Cubs are selling the public on you know what what kind of moves they're making in the offseason, including Eric Hosmer. I mentioned Drew Smiley. Uh, I love the guy. He's a number four pitcher. You know <laughs> that's great. They signed a number four for some pitching depth. You know where this is where my my obnoxious petulant child. Uh, to-do list that we did in the last episode. I, I wanted Verlander. I wanted Jacob deGrom. Why can't they sign all these? And if they if those guys get hurt or they become too old too fast, buy somebody else next year. Figure it out. They, they've got the, they have the resources and they're trying to tell us they don't. You know, play... <laughs> a lot of this is is from, you know, we're seeing the opposite end of this with Stephen Cohen with the Mets, which I think they've made some hilarious mistakes and continue to yeah they will always because they are the new york mess but you can't you cannot doubt the sincerity and the effort of their owner i mean he's throwing everything at that of course he, he has more resources than anyone else in the world pretty much so that's a, a bit unfair but we're talking about billionaires and don't don't let anyone fool you tom ricketts is a billionaire and a multi-billionaire and they can they can throw money at the problem if they need to. They're they're choosing not to and telling us they are. That that's that's what that's what really frustrates me about this specifically. Uh, I didn't talk about Cody Bellinger, <laughs> uh, seventeen point five million one year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This goes back to run prevention because he is a tremendous center fielder. He but- is a tremendous center fielder who forgot how to hit along the way. Somehow, a former MVP completely forgot how to hit. Uh, 35 had, homers that year or something, yeah. was it? 38? He had a 78 OPS plus, where 100 is average <laughs> in the majors. Uh, yeah. The, I mean, maybe the problem was the Dodgers. Dodgers uh, have consistently fallen short in many, many area, areas in the postseason specifically, but... I think the Cubs are hoping that you know he can find that swing again, but really they're they're banking on his run run prevention. Uh, Tucker Barnhart is the catcher. Ooh, you know Tucker Barnhart. I do. He was underwhelming as a Tiger. I was <laughs> I, I was sold. I was not waiting for any kind of huge offensive production. I was sold on they were they sold him on the idea that his defense was going to be you know what was a real asset. I I didn't see it. In a, in a season in in Detroit, he certainly wasn't throwing out many runners. It, it's hard to quantify pitch calling and you know the the assurance that you know pitch framing and all that. It's hard it's hard to quantify that necessarily. But I could definitely tell you throwing out runners was not something he's good at anymore, and he was not impressive on uh, f- hitting hitting the baseball at all. So I don't expect much out of him. He, he's essentially a backup catcher for behind Young Gomes for for the Cubs. So that was supposed to impress us. I'm probably forgetting a few others. Brad Boxberger is a solid reliever for, I think two and a half million for a year, but all these deals are one year deals that they're out from underneath after the season. In fact, $70 million comes off the books next year for the Cubs. So I feel like they're just, they're really, you know, throwing a bunch of money at the, throwing some money at the problem, not really accomplishing much other than getting some buzz, fooling some people into thinking they're really going for it 
where I think the real, the real goal of this off season was to try to put at least a respectable major league baseball product on the field for their marquee network. What do you have against the marquee network? The point is, ladies and gentlemen, greed is good. Believe me, you won't be booing about that in a year. TV party tonight! TV party tonight! TV party tonight! TV party tonight! We're gonna have our TV party tonight! Because the ratings for Marquis are in the toilet. They, they have dropped incredibly since their first season because nobody gives a fuck about the the 4A players they've been putting on the field for three years, almost three years now. Uh, that, I think, is is the crux of why they finally decided, you know, we've got to spend $300 million here so we can make $500 million in, in TV revenue finally because no one's tuning into this shit product we're putting on the field. If we have some actual major leaguers that people recognize their names, maybe some people will tune in and we'll sell some advertising. I think that that is my cynical view of this entire offseason because there's there was no reason to watch the Cubs for the last, certainly this past season. Uh, you know, you could root for Christopher Morrell, Patrick Wisdom, Frank Schwindel. You know, that, that's fun for uh, if you're in a small market, you know, rooting for your call-ups. These are, these were four a players that the, the Cubs were, were banking on for the last two years. And it's embarrassing. And I think this is, this is an initial reaction to that. I, I'm hoping that this is the first step in a real plan to uh, actually field a competitive team next year. Cause I don't think it's going to be competitive. This uh, I think Pakoda we've, we've, We've gone back and forth about the validity of Pakoda, and you, everyone can have their own opinions about it. I think they have the Cubs at seventy-eight wins this year. I think that sounds pretty pretty much right. I, I'd have them at seventy-five to eighty at the most. The high end would be eighty, which is you know, game under five hundred. So I think mid seventies is about right, and that's with that's after spending three hundred million dollars on free agents. So I think that tell that that kind of tells you not necessarily empirically, but it, it, unbiasedly at least, that tells you what, what, how much activity they've done and how little they've accomplished. Yeah, I think someone forgot to tell Jed Hoyer that the un- unbalanced schedule does not exist anymore because I think he put a team together that is probably somewhat competitive within the division, yeah, it could beat but up on the, the Pirates but, and Reds for sure. But the but the problem is you got to play everybody now. You're yeah. not gonna you're not gonna get those 18 games against some bottom feeder anymore. Yep, and that's gonna that's not gonna bode well for them or probably a lot of teams. And um, you know, it's why some of the teams, you know, we think I think that's why Pakoda like these have come out and we're like, oh, some of these projections seem low, but obviously they're adjusted too because from years past, because you don't have this unbalanced schedule anymore. Mm -hmm. So you're playing, you're playing some big boys twice, you know, that you might only see once or not at all. So um, that's an interesting, that's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out. Cause I didn't really even consider that. I'm sure many have, but it makes sense. That's going to be a very different dynamic. 
Yeah, yeah. There's not going to be that, especially for our central divisions that we, you and I, are yeah, focused on because we're because, typically the weakest division. Exactly. So, and, you know, if if you or I, if my Tigers or my Cubs or your White Sox have a solid team, they can pretty much bank on beating the fuck out of the the lower end of that division. But that that's going to be harder to pile up those wins when you're only playing them twelve times instead of nineteen. Uh, I'm also thinking we're looking at the possibility of both central divisions having a team with a not so good record, but being the division winner going into the playoffs because yeah. and only having one team coming out of that. But yeah, it could be a well, lot worse records. Yeah. Well, so we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. It, yeah. Maybe could, the Cubs will win the division with 78 wins. Well, that's what, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's a, you'd never know. <laughs> That's how fucked up this is. So well, yeah, we'll, we'll, I think we'll our see. next, I think our next episode, episode one nineteen, I think we'll do our preseason predictions that we do every year uh, for a laugh, we'll, for a good laugh. Yeah, for a good laugh. The the best part is that we can. Re- I think last year we recapped our our predictions. I, I made a whole episode making fun of ourselves. So yeah, it was a pretty funny episode too. There yeah. wasn't a lot right. The Nostra yeah. the Nostra dumbass episode. That's what it is. Yes, Nostra dumbass. But I will tell you, I I I. I gave the Cubs a C uh, like way okay. back when we were going to do this show. And uh, I'm, I'm with you. What, what I was disappointed at, not that I'm a Cubs fan, but as just, I don't know, it's more exciting when one team is trending up in, in Chicago, it makes for better banter. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the best is when they're both up, but no, no. Right. Right. But, the thing, the fact of the matter is we heard that they had the resources to spend. And when you hear that in a major market, that usually means you land two or three of the top guys. Yeah. Not they spent for not, sure. Not one of, as you put it, uh, fourth place shortstop in the pool. And it's then not even a, the bronze medal and a bunch of, <laughs> and a bunch of like fillers. Yeah. I mean, really, I think some are solid, but they're not committed to anybody, but those two Tyone and, and Swanson. So, and, and, and I hate to say it, it, it just sounds, it just is, it reminds me of the, the continued rebuilding years where they did all the one year deals so they could trade away for assets at the trade deadline. Yep. That's, that's their plan. They're, they're hoping to catch lightning in a bottle. The most annoying phrase in baseball and I think it was uh, the White Sox strategy for 80 some years, but they, sorry, I had to get that jab in there, but uh, the, oh. <laughs> but you know, they're hoping at the same time, Oh, maybe Bellinger, they'll figure out what was wrong with Bellinger that the Dodgers couldn't figure out. And all of a sudden they have an MVP candidate there and they can, they can compete in a mediocre division. Although I, I don't understand how the, the Cardinals are going to keep being good with the rotation they have, but somehow I think they will, but we'll get into that next episode. Oh, real, real quick before we move up to Cubs. Uh, what yeah. next well, Cub has gone to the Cardinals as a catcher. Oh, um, who I had, wasn't going to bring that up. I've moved who, on. Who's had some disparaging remarks against the Cubs organization. Now, this is a player I always You're thought. speaking of Wilson Contreras. That is correct. Yeah. Thank Wilson you. Contreras, who have always, uh, I've sort of pegged as, a loudmouth, sort of annoying person, a wow. player. I I've never know. liked. I never really liked Wilson Contreras. So I Damn, just wonder I how, this before. how you feel about Wilson Contreras now that he's sounded off about the um, 
Cardinals being such a greater organization than the Chicago Cubs. I could, I could see exactly why he would say that. I could, I could see why he'd be very miffed at the Cubs for not signing him or any of the golden generation of the Chicago Cubs. Uh, why wouldn't he be pissed off? I, and I think the idea that he went to the, the St. Louis Cardinals, their arch rivals is putting it right back in the face of the Cubs. Um, I'm not angry with him. I'm not angry with anybody uh, that signs, you know, whatever, wherever makes most the most sense for them financially, for their family. I have my suspicions that Chicago's a much better place for anyone. Uh, so I'm not sure other than spite why he signed with the Cardinals, but Hey, to each his own. If that's, I, I mean, we're major league a-holes here. So, <laughs> well, I can't, I can't judge judge anyone against uh, for their spite, I guess, but I don't, I also, I'm kind of sick of hearing about him. He's not, he's not a cub anymore. It keeps coming up on different Cubs podcasts or other things on social media and stuff. It's like, move on. He's not on the team anymore. And the Cubs chose not to have him. You know, (laughs) I think he wants to be here is why he's making spiteful comments. He didn't want to leave and I, I don't blame him. So, I I guess overall, I don't blame him. I don't really care anymore. I wish him the best. I don't have a problem with him personally, the way you do. Apparently I didn't, I didn't know this before that you didn't like, never liked him, but um, he's probably going to be a pain in the ass for the Cubs somehow. I, I did not want the Cubs to resign him. I, I, at least to a long-term deal, I'd be happy. I was happy if the Cubs could have gotten him for a year or two, that is certainly not what he was interested in. And I can't blame him, but I also can't blame the Cubs because catchers on the other side of 30 years old typically don't, don't age well. Nope. And even though we have the DH now, you know, signing a long-term deal for a DH doesn't make sense to me. So it, I understand why the, the positions of both parties, uh, it's a bit immature on his part to be spiteful in the media. He doesn't need to talk about the Cubs ever again. Uh, but he can, if he chooses, I'm not going to hold it against him. Maybe it'll turn into some spiciness during the, during the Cubs Cubs Cardinals series uh, for the next several years that, that that's entertaining to me. Great. I don't, I don't hold a grudge against him. I kind of just don't want to even talk about it anymore. I do want to back up to Dansby Swanson for a second and you're, you're going to like this. The other point I, I failed to make that I did, I did bring up in my blog post, but it feels eerily reminiscent. The the number of years, the the dollar amount almost. Oh god. The his age, his promise, the idea that he came up to the Atlanta Braves. Oh god, I know where this is going. His defensive prowess. This sounds really familiar. This is all what we were sold on to get Jason Hayward. I was going to say does he is he good at speeches? Well, that's if you read my blog post, which apparently you didn't. No, I don't I don't read. <laughs> I'm from the South side. That's right. Uh, that was, that was the analogy. That's how I ended that section of it about, about Dansby. I'm like, well, maybe he's really good at speeches, team speeches in the locker room during rain delays and game seven of the world series. Uh, I just feel if you look at the profile of, of both those players at this time, when they sign these deals, it seems very, very similar to me. And, you know, especially that, you know, we were, banking on the defense a lot and the potential for the offense was there. And it was about, 
you know, the Cubs were banking on that that was going to explode with Hayward. And we've seen an uptrend in Dansby Swanson's numbers. Again, he had the five five point seven WAR last year. A lot of that was on defense, and he he did have uh, I forgot the number of home runs. It was an impressive number of home runs, but I'm worried. He has one hit in the spring so far. One hit. It's the spring. Uh, I know it's the spring and I'm being hypocritical already, but I'll use it to use it against him when I don't <laughs> use it for anybody. But you sign a guy for seven years, $177 million. You hope he has more than one hit all spring, I guess. So I think that he's going to be, uh, he's going to have a microscope on him. And it, it even sounds like he, this wasn't his first choice to come. I, I, I read that article. Yeah. So I, I do read a little. He he gave, he gave the great speech the day he was signed and did his press conference talking about how his grandpa was a Cubs fan and how he always wanted to be here and that sounds kind of like bullshit to me the more that comes out so I'm a little nervous about all this so that's another uh, layer uh, on top of this to the to the person they committed the most years and money to it be, makes me a little nervous so yeah I, I think that comment too about like he was hesitant to come to the cubs because he wanted to go to some place where he could be winning so like Boy. yikes well he then he won fourth place right it's a it's a swap it's an even swap yeah, i mean it's a, it's a weird way to start a marriage so we'll we'll see how that pans out i could be wrong about all this maybe they will catch lightning in a bottle and Everything will pan out the way Jed was planning all along, but I think that would be luck more than anything. I had a marriage start out weird. I'm divorced now, so there you go. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, I just it was low hanging fruit. I just thought I'd use it. <laughs> it really didn't start off weird. It just it was funny. <laughs> Ended horribly though. But let's move on <laughs> quickly, please. How about the Giants? Speaking of things ending horribly, how about that Carlos Correa? Signing? Oh, nice segue. Yeah. That was horrendous. Oh my God, I'm in midseason form already. Next question. Next question, because it was stupid. He hits it high. He hits it deep. It is out of here. Sorry. Papa's feeling pretty uh, delicious right now. Gonna step into the box, go three for four, eight RBIs. Gahim. Carlos um, Correa. Forgot about that guy. Yeah. Well. Wow. You know, in my recap of of the Giants, first they looked like they were the Aaron Judge favorites, but turned out to just be used. <sighs> Um, then a story just broke. I don't know if you saw this like last week that the drunken sailors nor no spending like drunken sailor San Diego Padres had apparently offered judge over $400 million to come there. Wow. And he, he, he didn't take that. He, he, I don't think he ever, I mean, and I don't blame him. I don't think he ever wanted to leave New York. He's no. the king of the town there. Why would you want to leave? He was he leveraging everybody else. Yeah. To he get more yeah. out of him. Yeah. So he got what he wanted out of New York and that was good enough. But yeah, that story came out that it was in the athletic. You could, you should, you be able to find it that, yeah. that uh, apparently San Diego had like a huge package uh, to pay him. You know, again, apparently they just took that money and applied it to Manny Machado for 11 years and They'll apply it to somebody. Million, somehow they've million. got money. The Cubs, they got Cubs money. Are, they, Cubs are yeah. struggling somehow, but but 
kind of similar to the Cubs. So you have the Judge fallout, and then you have the Correa fallout. So what the Giants did is they had a lot of activity. I think we need. I think we need to dive dive deep into the whole Carlos Correa thing. We never talked about that this offseason. Yeah, I that mean, was the biggest I, story of the offseason. Yeah, I mean, the strangest story. Yeah, first the Giants back out because of. Uh, the ankle issue. Well, before that, though, like you were fired up to get him, weren't you? I mean, I was. Yeah, well, I didn't know anything. I about was the jealous. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like there was, there was some talk about of the ankle injury, but it wasn't so much that you'd worry about a three hundred million dollar deal getting scuttled over it. Of course, I, I wanted. I've been obsessed with him for years. I wanted him to be on my Tigers. Uh, I I still wanted him to be part of the Cubs potentially. Um, I, do you? Do you feel like you dodged a bullet or I, I do? I, the fa- the, no, the fact that the Mets then also backed out of the deal. Well, here, here's a question for you. The Mets use the exact same doctor that the Giants used. That's what that's the part I don't understand. <laughs> like how, it, they didn't get a second opinion. They just used the same opinion to come to the same conclusion. So I'm a little baffled by that part of the story. The other, the other side of that is, I don't know if you saw the, I watch a lot of stuff at that time when there, it was so bizarre that, 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 that the Giants deal was falling apart and that within a week he was going to be signed by the Mets. So I was watching all sorts of YouTube videos on that and especially New York, like uh, Mets media reactions, yeah. all that. I saw not only the Boomer Esiason show in, in New York, who's of course he's a football guy, but he's he's a Mets fan apparently, and they they do they just do sports talk radio in general in New York. They were convinced that night that they had signed they had signed Correa that Correa was the one that got cold feet and backed out of the deal with the Giants that he didn't want to be there for all those years and for 300 some million dollars. And I thought, well, that's just, that's just Homer sports talk radio. Just so giddy about what just fell in their lap. They're going to make any justification, just (laughs) defying logic. Like why would Carlos Correa back out of a deal? Why would he get cold feet when they're paying him for, for the next better, more than a decade over $300 million? Why would he ever back out? Uh, then I saw Dan Patrick, national pundit, former ESPN Sports Center legend, has his own huge radio show. I don't, I don't think he's a Mets fan, but maybe he is. Who knows? But he said the same thing. He thought he thought that Carlos Correa was the one that got cold feet, and that's why the deal got scuttled. And then, you know, of course, more has come to light after that. Many things have come, many different uh, twists and turns have come with this story. But I just thought that was bizarre that that Mets fans or anyone, even national pundits would think that Carlos Correa is the one that backed out of that deal. Not, not the giants. And and this was at the time, this is before he had, he had another deal scuttled, which I think that speaks to Homerism more than anything, but I don't know. Did you even see it? I don't think you and I talked about this at all, but did you see those reactions or think that was strange? No, no, I didn't see those reactions. Isn't it uh, obvious that I, the Giants I, freaked out and backed out? I mean, it's a, yeah, there's I mean, no other there, way to interpret that. There's no baseball player that would walk away <laughs> no. from that money because he didn't get that money. In the end, he does not get that money. 
And he's no. in fucking Minnesota where the fucking weather sucks for almost the entire year. So the exact same scenario plays out in New York and uh, using the same doctor. I, I don't understand that. They scuttled the, the second deal. So he ends up back in Minnesota, essentially with double what his previous deal was with Minnesota. He had a, originally a three-year three year $100 million deal. Now he's got yeah. a two... Uh, He's got a $200 million deal over six years. And I don't know what his opt-outs are there, but <laughs> it's just bizarre that we went through all this just to end up right back where he started essentially last yeah. year. So, And I'm, I'm, you know what, if he's going to land up anywhere, I'm happy he ended up with the twins Well, because he doesn't stay on the fucking field. The guys played a total of a hundred and I was going to talk about this when I thought I was going to be at the Giants, how I have, have oh, my reservations. You, you weren't going to be all gung-ho? No, I was at first. I was okay. at first. Okay. And then I, I'm, you know, I got to look at this. I got to be fair and balanced. So I'm looking at the fucking stats. <laughs> when have you ever been fair and balanced? <laughs> well, sometimes I am. <laughs> and I'm looking at the stats and I'm and like. Whoever well, said you needed to be, by the way. I know, right. But I'm looking <laughs> at the stats and I'm like, what the fuck? This guy's he's he's played one full season in his entire career and he averages like 119 games a season. Mm, he's got a tuning fork for an ankle. Yeah, apparently. And there was that picture of him in the boots at the holidays. <laughs> he's wearing a fucking boot right he, after the Giants things happened. This had never come up before. He had a major ankle injury back in 2014, I guess, but in the minors. And it had never really been an issue, but... Uh, apparently with uh, like two weeks to go in this past season, he slid into second base and tweaked his ankle bad enough where he could hear, he heard something in it. Like there's a metal plate or something is, is in his ankle and it, he felt it and for the first time in a long time, or at least the first time he's spoken about it, which was a bizarre time to start speaking about that just before he's trying to sign $300 million deals. Uh, but Oh, that that was just that whole story is just crazy to me. You know, he signed 31 years worth of deals for, <laughs> for like 850 like two million weeks. dollars. Yeah. <laughs> People were ready to sign him up. He was gonna be set for, for life, life yeah. and beyond. Yeah, but. he he'll still do okay even if he ends his career after the six year deal with the Mets. Uh, I mean with the twins. I'm not I'm not crying for Carlos Correa at all. Honestly, but when he when he lands on Six year, six years, two hundred million dollars. This is where I wa really wanted the Tigers to be back involved. That that's something any club should be able to do. Six years is not as scary as you know the twelve or thirteen year deals he had with the Giants and Mets, whatever it was. But twelve and eleven. Um, no, I think it was twelve and thirteen. But uh, he does have some vesting option that can raise it to two seventy. Okay, okay, that's and that sounds like the ex the exact deal that the Tigers offered him, rumored to be mm -hmm. two years ago. It's two hundred seventy million dollars. So that's ironic. So that's just that's just another kick in the balls to me. But of course, you know, he, if your if your prediction comes true, and a lot of people is that he's just not going to be healthy enough to earn that money, then. And we all win, but somehow, somehow I have a feeling he's going to be just fine somehow in, in Minnesota. And it's going to piss me off for six more years. But yeah, I mean, what he played 117 games for them last year or something. So yeah. And they didn't win the division. So yeah. I mean, they didn't win the division because they're two key players, Carlos Correa 
and Byron Buxton can't stay on the fucking field. So yeah, Buxton will never be healthy. So happy, happy day yeah. here. Um, but anyway, back to the Giants. So we have the so we have two fallouts basically, right? Two two like Giants are gonna boom, and we have two fallouts now. Like you said, we'll find out. Did they dodge a bullet? Maybe. Might not find out this year. As we know, the Sox, everyone think, you know, so many Sox fans thought the Sox made a mistake not signing Carlos Rodon, but it looks like he's up to his old tricks again. Mm. Starting the season on the IR. So maybe the Giants and Sox have dodged the Carlos yeah, what's Rodon. His, what's his issue this time? Oh, he's got it? the he's got the forearm tightness, which usually Oh, is that the we, forearm again? Yeah, like it could be That's Tommy dangerous. John, Tommy that John is, surgery there. So That's serious danger. I, I barely recognize him, by the way. I saw him. He had the mustache, which I've never seen because he's with the Yankees now, of course. You can't be yes. bearded. Yes. You can't be bearded on the White Sox for, or on the Yankees for some reason. So, And you have to have like short hair, right? Your hair can Yeah, you can't have the crazy way. Josh Donaldson hair. He had to shave yeah, that all off. Reinstorf so. has the same thing. Beards are fine, but you can't have extremely long hair on the Beards are fine because Lamar Hoyt had the beard in 1983. With all that cocaine stuck in it. Set me off as a 10-year-old. Yeah, just the the annoying beard, the cocaine, those fucking uniforms that are actually cool now, but I I hated when I was 10 years old. Uh, Anyway. Beards will always be cool for for Jerry and your your White Sox. um, That's why I shaved down to a chin beard and don't have the the full beard anymore, just as a protest. Oh, okay. I like it. I like your protest. Maybe Thank we'll you. talk about it more when I see you in person in a few weeks, two weeks. Yeah. We'll talk or three, two and a half weeks. We'll talk about yeah. that. Um, so kind of like the Cubs, the giants just then started to fucking sign people. Right. Oh. So we got Sean Mania. Who, who is, who is he? Is he the pitcher that struggled down the stretch last year? Yeah. With San Diego, with a nearly thought, five ERA and horri- horrific playoff appearances, yeah. appearance, is that is that him, or is he the or is he the study pitcher who who you know gets you six solid innings a game and and minimizes uh, damage? I don't yeah. know. I thought we'll your find White out. Sox should have traded for him two years ago. Yeah. I also well, thought they should go after Frankie Montas last year, who's now out for the season with the Yankees. So yeah, so maybe don't listen to me. Don't listen to you. Uh, yeah. Then they got they got the Rogers brothers together, uh, and they Who? got the, the 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 twins, the Kenny Rogers, Ta- Taylor and Tyler Rogers are both there now. I don't even know who that is. Taylor Rogers, he had thirty one saves last year. Sounds really great. They signed him. Mm. But his ERA was four seven six, so eh, you take the good with the bad. Where bat. is he from? I don't even know that name. Uh, it's gotta be from where, the west. Where did he come from? Nobody Maybe knows. Texas. Okay, that's probably why I don't know. Uh, after the Judge deal fell through, they immediately signed Mike Haniger. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Again, this is, doesn't this sound a lot like the Cubs right now? Mm. But the the intrig- just to a lower degree. Yeah, this the intriguing signing is the multi year deal to Michael Conforto. Yeah, he was the prize for a lot of people coming off the injury. He thought I thought he was going to get signed at the end of last year just to bolster bolster playoff rosters, but he had, hadn't been healthy enough for that even. So yeah, so they signed Conforto. His you know his. He's got solid career numbers. Solid. 
a 25 OPS over his career. Yeah. Uh, we should take no stock, like you said, in, in, in spring training, but I'm going to, I'm going to be hypocritical <laughs> now because yeah, there's, a good, there's a good sign. I was way ahead of you. There's a good sign. He's hit four home runs so far this spring and has a 1.172 OPS so far. We talked about this a little bit on socks type thing last episode, where, you know, if you're going to take stock in anything in spring training, I do like to see power out of, out of my hitters. That that is a, it's better than not seeing any power out of your hitters. Or only one hit, I guess you're saying. Or one hit, (laughs) one hit. Uh, So yeah, I I think seeing four home runs out of somebody is, is a positive. I don't think you can bank on that. I mean, we saw Pudge Rodriguez lead the minors, 12 years ago more than that uh with like 11 home runs or le- he led spring training yeah. in home runs that one year and did nothing yeah so. On. so that was after he was off the roids i think but roids <laughs> roids yeah roids that. that's about that's a great story um so i don't know like i, I the giants too kind of like the cubs i gotta give them a c okay you know I'll give them a, I'd give them a B for effort. They, they, they were, you know, they legitimately went after judge and they had, they, were willing Correa. To spend, they had Correa. They were willing to, but what, there was a willingness to spend the money at least, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, again, the Correa deal, we'll figure it out, but whatever. We'll, we'll see how this year plays out. The only good, I had some good news. Uh, so I give them a, I give them a C. I, the good news for the Giants, though, is is there's issues uh, with their their main their main foes. D- Dodgers lost Gavin Lux for the season, mm. uh, so that that's a blow to them. He was supposed to be starting; he was the starter now. And the Padres have have lost Joe Musgrove to a broken toe for, uh, you know, he's not going to be able to break the season with them. So yeah. it's you know, crazy. There's, there's opportunity. The there's there's the opportunity Dodgers. there. Yeah. So, so yeah, I kind of wanted to bring that up on socks. I think maybe I'll do this next time, but uh, the idea that Elvis Andrews, if he, if he had waited two weeks, he wouldn't be the white Sox second baseman. He would be the, he'd be the fucking Dodgers shortstop. That's true. I don't know. T- Timmy's been playing second base for USA. I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> they could swap. Yeah. Just like you said all along. Uh, yep. Wow. Well, we'll talk about maybe the White I Sox. am Nostra dumbass. <laughs> well, you definitely are that. I'm a dumbass. There's yeah, no, there's no doubt. So. <laughs> but you know, I, who knows? Like, I think the Giants will be watchable. Uh, but I think ultimately, much like last year, they might come out like gangbusters, but then slowly fade into the yeah. into the distance. So, well, I mean, I, I anticipate the rookies being a little bit better again this year. Um, Again, it's spring training, but um, Joey Bart's looked a lot better at the plate so far. So I don't know. Hey, we'll it's interesting. The I, predictions. I'll be at a Giants White Sox game on Thursday, March sixth. So I mean, April sixth, April sixth, yeah. the opening series. How weird! Nah, the that's crazy. Sox first homestand opening homestand divided the, the Giants. Yeah, my brother texts me. He's like. Hey, who are you rooting for in the <laughs> Giants Sox series? The Giants, ha ha ha! And I said, "Well, we'll see how they each do in their opening series, and then I'll decide." <laughs> you make a choice at that point. Just but, wear a bunch of Cubs gear to the game and <laughs> make uh, a decision later. You don't have to worry about that. You do not have to worry about that. But 
That's about all I got from my Giants right now. You want right. to move on to the Tigers staying in the orange zone? Marky Anderson has joined us. First of all, how do you feel? I feel great, Mark, but let me tell you this. I'm stupid. Chris just grab a nacho. I think he took somebody's nacho. He's doing on something. Get out a little mid-game snack. Magnum P.I., right? Use him for an example, right? Here he is. He carries a Detroit hat around. He's talked about me on the show. And Lou Whitaker and Alan Trammell go on the show. Why doesn't someone say, how come we don't have Mark Fittich on the show? Yeah, we will move on to my <laughs> Detroit Tigers. And my offseason grade is a D plus. Only because it is the best possible grade I could give to a team that is rebuilding. In fact, Again. In, in fact re-rebuilding. <laughs> Even though they refuse to use that term, it is obvious what they're doing is re-rebuilding. Uh, Wait, I have a qu- I have a quick question. Please humor me for this. I thought I heard last year that the rebuild was done. That's what I said multiple times. <laughs> Until not just you, Mike Elledge, uh, your former general manager, Chris Elledge, yes. Oh, Chris Elledge, sorry, yeah, your former the general ghost manager. of Mike Elledge came out and said it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> rebuild is over. <laughs> I'm going to make a, a graphic for that. That's tremendous. Uh, yeah, we all thought that was over until the oh. worst offense in the history of baseball somehow emerged in the Motor City oh and God. scuttle and injuries to the entire rotation plus one. That's, that's true. That, that's uh, a huge problem. It was the worst season possible that I, anything that could go wrong went wrong. Uh, AJ Hinch was powerless to stop it. From unraveling, yeah, we've discussed this this past season, but yeah, it is a re rebuild, which is the the prerogative of new general man, president of baseball operations, general manager Scott Harris. He has every right to do whatever he needs to do to undo everything that Alavila did over the last eight years, seven eight years. Um, it's frustrating. They've never used the term rebuild, but it is obviously happening. They sold, but again, I want to say as re rebuilds go, this is about as much as I could hope for. I, I do like what they have done. If they are uh, in the, in the parameters of a re rebuild, I just hate the idea that we're still re rebuilding. I thought they could still sign a shortstop, a big time shortstop move. Javi, Javi Baez over to second base and have the best center center infield in baseball. They could have signed again. I wanted Carlos Correa. That may or may not have been a mistake, but six years, $200 million, something the Tigers could have done. Uh, They could have chosen to sign more starting pitchers off the market. They just, they're choosing not to. And again, that's their prerogative, a new general manager. God, I hated that song as a kid. Um, The, so as re-rebuilds go, this is as good as it gets. That's why it gets a D plus. Uh, essentially, I'd only give a rebuild a, a D at most, but I like this one. Mainly because they, what he did is consistent with what he, what Scott Harris said in his opening press conference. When, wait for it, he's going to say they want players that control the strike zone. And that is the mantra of the Tigers from here on out. We've heard it multiple times already. Uh both sides of the ball, the, the 
he wants pitchers to control the strike zone and batters too. And, and that's kind of traded Javi Baez yet. Yeah, that is kind of why I thought they might be interested in trading Javi Baez in the offseason because <laughs> he is one that does not decidedly does not control the strike zone. But maybe they think they they can reclaim that somehow. In fact, you know, you 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 heard Joe Madden back in the day say Javi Baez could be Manny Ramirez if he just wouldn't would control the strike zone essentially and Joe, Joe, Ma, Joe go the other way a lot of stuff so. well i think i think he was right but no he um, probably is right because he's he has unbelievable power and when he's not swinging at that fucking slider yeah, yeah. He, he's slider or the high the eye high fastball yeah you know it's uh he could he Let's be honest. The guy has all the fucking tools to be an all-star every fucking year. I do think he put undue pressure on himself in that first season in Detroit. I don't think he was very comfortable there. I think he's his comfort has grown. I think that a bit of that pressure will be off since this is not expected to be a team to contend as it was last year. Uh, everything points to him having a better season. That was his worst offensive season as a pro, essentially. So. I, I can't see him having a, a worse year this year. I think it's only up. So not that he's not that he's going to win an MVP or anything like that necessarily, but I think, I think Tiger fans are going to be a lot, a lot yeah. more happy with Baez in, in general as they have not seen the best of him in his time as a Tiger. I mean, it's not like his performance is an anomaly for a big time signing first year player. Look at Francisco Lindor. And then he mm-hmm. fucking hit the shit out of the ball last year and we yeah. had a great season. So it's like their it's, best buds, by the I, way, too, on Team yeah, Puerto Rico. So. Right, exactly. And so like and there's more players than just th- those two to talk about. But like mm-hmm. we talked about it a little bit. I said I, I was I, I may have been the one who brought it up like, you know, hey, you know, this is first year and we all know he had. Cubs remorse and it's understandable like everyone's pretty bitter about to your point earlier with Wilson Contreras like no one understands who was on that team why you just blew up the entire nucleus it's understandable that part of the nucleus might go but to not even make an attempt to sign any of the nucleus really is is mind-boggling so I think everyone like deals with shit in a different way and Javi's an emotional dude. So it's understandable. I, I like you, I think he is going to have a major uptick this year and be dangerous again. So, well, I certainly hope so. The, all the pressure's off. So yeah, yeah, exactly. But back to controlling the strike zone, uh, basically addition by subtraction is, was Scott Harris's method. I think this, this off season, the, as he was able to trade away Giovanni or Gregory Soto, who is the the poster boy for not being able to control the strike zone, as he's another in a long line of Tigers closers with just electric stuff that that is impossible to hit, but he had no idea where it was going. He he, he was a fiery lefty. He would put he would basically walk the first two guys give up a hit and then strike out everybody else, but he had already given up a run or two, you know, although his, his uh, save record is, is pretty decent. It was just a eternally frustrating experience watching Tigers closers in the line of Fernando Rodney, uh, Jose Valverde, so many, so many of those over the last 10 plus years that the stuff is there, but the command is just not. And, for Scott Harris to be able to trade him 
trade Soto to the Phillies back to Diamond Dave Dombrowski, who was happy to give away young players as he always is, uh, made a lot of sense. And they might be two major league ready players in Nick Matan and uh, I forgot his first name, Veerling. Um, the the idea that they could both make the major league roster this year is pretty impressive. They they both played some games for the Phillies uh, at the end of last season. So they got Tigers got a lot in return, including the Phillies number 21 prospect, a catcher prospect. I forgot his name too, but uh, I'm impressed with, with the return. But what that's really telling you is when you trade off the back end of your bullpen, you're not, thinking you need to com- need anything to close out games in a year that you're not going to be competing for a division title in. So that's fair. That's it's kind of a shrewd maneuver by a team that is in a rebuild without saying they're in a rebuild. Uh, the other part of that was they traded off uh, Joe Jimenez, the uh, mid- middle reliever who's had a lot of promise over the years in the Tigers organization. Again, Good stuff. He had trouble controlling it. Uh, the only uh, the, the real telltale sign that he was on his way out was this past season, where he was only used in low leverage situations where right. the, the game was out of hand in one direction or the other. He was dominant, but Hinch did not trust him to be in a leverage situation at all. And he that the writing was on the wall at that point that, that they were going to have to trade him, and they they dealt him away. So those things made sense to me. I understand why they're doing that in rebuilding it just sucks that we're doing this for the eighth straight year we're in the middle of a rebuild um we'll see where what this season brings um you know the tigers have made changes on the field off the field which i'll get to in a minute but they've also made changes to the field itself which is uh, kind of funny in a way they they have once again brought in the fences at comerica park I saw that. Yeah, they brought in the ridiculously huge center field, uh, mythically 420 feet to center field. That wasn't even true. It was actually when they went out to measure it again, it was 422 feet, Jesus. which is crazy to me that back in 2000 or whenever they built Comerica Park, they didn't have uh, good enough measurements to figure out that it was actually 422 feet, not 420 feet. So, We've actually been seeing fly balls die at 420 feet in that <laughs> ballpark instead of being home runs. So uh, they're bringing them in. The, I don't know if you remember this, but when Comerica was first built, the place where the bullpens now, you probably yeah. aren't, aren't, remember, aren't remember the stadium at all, but if you can picture the stadium in your mind where the bullpens are, the wall behind the bullpen was on the field. That was essentially the home right, run. Right, right. Yeah, I knew that. They knew built that. the bullpens onto the where the old field was essentially and just brought right. the fences in from there. So that that's in left field. So the places they're adjusting now are in center field and they're in the right center where they're cutting across. Uh, I think it's going to be 410 to center now instead of 422. And they're also bringing down the height of the walls in center and right field and right center. Uh, they're like 13 or so feet. I don't know how they're going to do this, but they're going to be s- different heights, you know, eight or seven and a half feet, which brings in the idea that you can actually steal a home run ball, which could not happen in Comerica Park uh, in 
center or right field at all because the walls are so fucking high. I think they're going to have to draw a line on the existing wall, which is kind of weird. I'm not exactly sure how they're doing that. Um, so I think you might see a, an awkward line where uh, our outfielders might be able to go steal a home run ball, which is kind of a fun, fun idea. Um, so I think it's, I, I've seen different things about that. You know, people talk about how many home runs Miguel could have hit over his, what, 15 years now in, in Detroit. Um, that's hard to judge. There's a lot of, a lot of mitigating factors. You, you can't just look at stat cast and say, well, every home run hit over, over this distance should have been a home run. Well, you know, it could have been robbed by, by an outfielder. There could have been wind variants or whatever, but the estimate I saw is he may have had 35 to 50 more home runs over that time, which is it's significant. Um, I'm not sure how many more home runs that calculates out to, to all those years. You know, Would you say it was like 15 years? I mean, that's like two home runs a year, a little over two home runs a year. Yeah. So like if, you if you put that to every player and every game from here on out, I think, I think it's going to raise the, it's got to raise the number of home runs, but I don't think it's going to be, crazy i don't think it's going to play outrageously different in in fact that's i think comerica park statistically if you look at it it's fairly neutral it's not necessarily a pitcher's park it's not certainly not a hitter's park it leans pitchers but it's not as obnoxious as, as you'd think based on the dimension so uh it's going to have some effect i think it's cool i like the idea that you can steal home runs again however that that the the actual walls look it's it's a not insurmountable height anymore so i think that that's interesting it's going to be less of a triples park which is something uh but the better tigers teams over the years at comerica park have taken advantage of especially the years with curtis granderson one of my favorite players of all time um he led the league in triples a few times just because that park is so fucking huge if you you hit something into the gap in, yep. in the right center that run all day, man. yeah balls just bouncing around there so that's going to be different too so it's going to be interesting to see how how that looks different and how it plays different uh other changes off the field include uh the the tigers are buying a new team jet to fly the players around Ooh. which i know nothing about is this going to be a little bit like uh, Cleveland Indians, like in Major League or something? I guess or? so. I, the only thing I can think of is they're they're they have a new clubhouse coming. Uh, they're spending money on the on the off field stuff, uh, kind of to bring the Tigers into into the modern age. I don't know if their plane was shitty. They need a new plane. Something tells me there was something pretty subpar about the old plane. Uh, so. They're getting that. They're getting a new fancy clubhouse. I doubt it's going to be as extravagant as the Cubs much advertised new clubhouse. Uh, that was amazing looking. Uh, I think they're trying to just add, add the new things that, you know, it's, it's the new, the new vision of a new general manager, new president, Scott Harris kind of saying, well, this is how other organizations do things. Why aren't the tigers doing these things? So, it's the it's the little things they call it. There was a book written uh, about the actually about the Tampa Rays. It's called the extra two percent. Uh, talking about how you maximize everything you can possibly can in the margins to to just to make sure your 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 organization is efficient and is 
uh, maximizing every opportunity they can to, to make their team better. And I think those are some small examples of how the Tigers might be changing their philosophies a little bit. At least I, at least I hope that that's what they're doing with these kind of uh, ostentatious over the top things with the new plane and new clubhouse and bringing in the fences and uh, things off the field that aren't necessarily uh, going to make up for the product on the field, but we will see. Uh, another change off the field for the Tigers in this offseason is in the TV booth. We no longer have Jack Morris or Kirk Gibson calling games. Jack Morris, uh, famous, I think we made him asshole of the week one week for making a, just a stupid, uh, stupid uh, racist joke, essentially, yeah, uh, on the air. He I don't did. think he, he didn't mean it that way, but it, that is what it came across as. And he was suspended for several games. Uh, I think he the writing was on the wall at that point. Uh, he was he wasn't a bad broadcaster. I think I thought he was average at best. Of course, he is a Hall of Famer and a Tigers legend, so that was always cool and good to get his insight when he wasn't being racist. Um, Kurt Gibson, love the guy. Uh, he's dealing with Parkinson's disease. Uh, he's a weird dude, and he has a strange voice, and he said lots of strange things on the air very sense weird sense of humor not a good broadcaster in any realm uh but he is a tigers legend so it was neat to have him in the booth for a bit but it was a painful listen most of the time so i feel bad but i i kind of won't miss kirk gibson at all they're being replaced in the booth by none other than craig monroe who has been a pre and post game uh personality on the air for several years now and he's he i remember when he came when he first came to I think then it was Fox Sports Detroit, now Bally's, which we'll need to talk about at some point. Bally's Sports Group is going into bankruptcy as we speak. Um, yes, interesting. Uh, Craig Monroe started out shaky as a broadcaster, and he has become the biggest asset that that group has. He's a tremendous personality and really fun to listen to. Good insight, good energy. Uh, so I'm lo- really looking forward to the broadcast this year for a lot of, a lot of different reasons. So... That coupled with all the new rules and everything else, uh, even though I'm not, I don't have a whole lot of faith, the Tigers product on the field is going to be great. It's still, it's going to be a fun watch. So looking forward to it, but overall uh, grading, grading Scott Harris on his off season performance. I'm giving him a D plus old English D plus, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. You see what I did there? Uh, and that's about as good as I could possibly grade him. Well, I think unless you have anything else, I'm going to get to our bonus segment. For yeah, the week. I'm interested to hear this one. Well, I need I need everyone's help. This is fantasy baseball season. You and I are having our draft in two and a half weeks. I am coming into Chicago for that to draft at your place. Is everyone um, participating? I need to talk to you about that. Yeah, I haven't heard a whole lot. We we need to make sure everyone's on board for this April Fool's this, Day this, draft. This, this could be a, this could be like a three person draft. It could be a, it could be a quick draft, but we'll we'll, we'll get into into that soon. But I need help. I need I name my fantasy team something different every year. First year we started back in two thousand four. You and I you and I started our fantasy league with a bunch of dudes we worked with, and I named my team all none other than Major League Assholes which has subsequently become the, in the second year, the name of our league, then the name of our blog. And now the umbrella 
umbrella brand umbrella, for these umbrella, umbrella. So Major League, Major League A-Holes and Major League Assholes has served us well since 2004, but I changed my team the next year. I think that's when I was the fucking A's for the first time, but Maybe. actually I uh, changed my team name every year. So this year I have too many ideas and I don't, I'm not married to any of them and I, I need help deciding or I need your help or the listener's help and giving me an even better name than anything I've come up with. So I'm going to, this past season, I was uh, an homage to Lance Lynn and your White Sox. I was actually, I wasn't slapdick motherfucker because ESPN won't let you type such words into their, their interface. I was slapdick motor finger. That's which, right. That's a good name. You I like that name. You can't prove to me that's not what Lance Lynn was saying at the mound. John Boy, who's the famous lip reader, assumed that he was saying slap dick motherfucker, but he may have been saying slop deck mother motor finger. Uh actually, I, I'm gonna give that name to you if you want to take that. That that name should not go away completely. I think it'd be perfect for you, but I love the I sticky stash. It made sense last year. Your sticky stash in reference to Dylan Cease as he grew the mustache after being uh was he ever reprimanded for the stickiness or did you and no. I just realize he was doing it because he reached on his pants on every pitch? Like he was like fucking reaching deep, reaching deep. And they, they the sticky pe- stuff. it's interesting. They're, they, they've made it a priority again this year. So we'll see how that goes. Well, I don't think he's doing the sticky stuff and I'm not even sure if he has a mustache anymore. So yeah, it does have a mustache. All right. Well, I think you still need to work on that name, but I'll give the slap deck motor finger to you if you want it. But I don't. For my team, I've come up with with four options, and then on Twitter we'll we'll do the a hole poll, and you can either vote or come up with your own names. Most likely making fun of me for even doing this segment, but that that's fine too. But I'm gonna they're all make fun of the Cubs essentially, or three of the four make fun of the Cubs. So I thought you'd enjoy this at least. So number one, I may have made mention of earlier. Ricketsville Cash Machine, which is what I call the area around Wrigley Wrigleyville. Wrigley Field. Um, thought that had a nice ring to it. I've got some logos already created for that. Marquee Network Outage. That's a new one. <laughs> I like that one. I, you could do like with the logo might be the the test color pattern, essentially as test color pattern or like the marquee logo, like sort of half lit or something. I've got that, yeah. I've got that too. I'll show you that. I, I, li- I like that one. That's my. I like that more than the first option, the Rickettsville cash machine. Okay, yeah. keep going. As they may or may, you know, marquee network. Who knows with all these RSNs going off the air potentially this offseason. Going well, isn't there parent? Isn't their parent company the the one of the other companies in trouble? It's. It, that's confusing. It kind of is, but it's not. And Cubs have their own ownership stake in that. So they might be able to, to get full ownership. I'm not sure how that's okay. anyway. That's, 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 that's like a whole nother podcast. We'll get yeah. into that. that. That's marquee network drama that we can talk about. But yeah, I thought, I thought you might like marquee network outage. It just has a nice ring to it too. It's, 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 it's it, good. it sounds good together. Yeah. I've got Go a ahead. bunch of logo ideas that I'll show okay. you too. So All I'll right. put those up on the poll as well. So you All can, right. that'll help people choose, but. Number three, it's got to be a choice at least. Biblical losses. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I it's mean, just perfect. I've been harping yeah. on that for three years now. So, how could that not be my fantasy team name? But, yes. Uh, the third one has nothing to do with the Cubs, but it has to do with the World Baseball Classic, as we just did a whole World Baseball aesthetics on it. And I, I talked to you about how they updated their logo. The, the logo, if if you've ever noticed, it's essentially. I think it's supposed to be a baseball. It is supposed to be a baseball with 
nation's flags kind of spinning around it. But yeah. what it's basically been called is a pinwheel. So yeah, that's what it looks like. A whirling, whirling baseball flags is what it looks like. But I looked at the new logo this year. And I thought it kind of looked like a like a spinning. Remember the eight ball jackets from from Seinfeld fame, but from the nineties, where putty. Oh actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got the red, the, the black, the, leather, the green, yeah, 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 the yellow. Those are the, disgusting. Yeah. The big eight, and that's that's what kills me. That's why that's why there's a whole Seinfeld episode about it with putty wearing that because it's so absurd. It's such a terrible thing. But I thought the the new World Baseball Classic logo looked like a whirl a whirling eight ball jacket. Ooh. So I was gonna call the team World W H I R L D E D eight ball jacket, which is uh, that's a stretch. But <laughs> I know I kind of like that one too. It's a designer joke. It's it's a play on words. I've got a logo for that too, where it really emphasizes how it could really look like an eight ball jacket, which is just I mean, ridiculous. But... Marquee network outage is the winner right now. Okay, well th- this helps already because I wasn't sure if any of these would resonate with anyone besides my own stupid brain, but. I kind of I was kind of learned leaning towards marquee network outage. So that's actually what I've got on the on the website right now on our fantasy team site. So I'm gonna go ahead and put up a put up a a-hole poll. And then all right. I'll if you vote. can retweet that, yeah. Vote, retweet, all that. We'll probably get two votes. I think I'm just gonna vote, name but... my team this year, Carl uh Correa's ankle. Yeah, the tuning fork. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we should do, uh, we can do another poll. What's it, what's the name of your team? You should give, give some ideas out there, throw them up, throw them up on a a poll and we'll vote. Tony's D Tony's DUI. Um, (laughs) Larusa Palooza would be great, but it's kind of spent. It's over. Yeah. Well, I think we should wrap up this episode 118 of in the hole as we need to watch the end of this Puerto Rico Dominican Republic game. Do you have a score? Uh, five to one. Last I saw, Puerto Rico. Ooh, wow, that would be a major upset. I think Japan and Dominican Republic were the go the prohibitive favorites going into this. So that'd be a major upset if Dominican doesn't make it into the the final round. But we got the U.S. and you. Who's U.S. playing tonight? I missed that. Mm, they're playing. That. That's all I know. They're playing they're tonight. Playing. It'll be a I'll, game. I'll be watching that, even though it's going to be past my bedtime. But we'll see. Ah, uh, they're playing Colombia. Well, oh, the Colombia. Yeah, wearing the the Red Sox City Connect uniforms. Yes. Well, we will be back in a week or two. You and I haven't talked about this, but I think our next episode should be our season preview episode just before the season starts. Season starts on March 30th. I think it's on a Thursday night before Ooh, just before yes. we do our fantasy draft. So uh so yeah, that's in boy. Today's the 15th, so we are just two weeks away from the start of baseball in real real baseball. So looking forward to it. It's getting real. Uh, In the meantime, you can find us on social media at Major League A-Holes and at Sox Type Thing. You can find us on the web at MajorLeagueAholes.com and SoxTypeThing.com. You can get our merchandise once again at Aesthetics.shop. Get one of these. Oh, yeah. Pete's wearing the hat directly from the aesthetics shop, aesthetics shop. Uh, I changed it back again. It used to be aesthetics.store. They were trying to charge me like 50 bucks for the domain name this year. So I'm like, fuck you and switch back to shop is is what it originally was. And that was 99 cents for the season. So (laughs) 
So I fooled GoDaddy somehow into doing that. So check us out at aesthetics.shop, A-S-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S. We're on YouTube, Facebook, all that shit. So like, subscribe, rate, review, interact. We're going to put those polls up. So we'd like to hear from you people. Would appreciate it. You know, we got a we got a full before we get off the air. We got a full slate on Thursday, March thirtieth. Uh, you got the and let's talk about just our teams real quick. The Ooh. Giants are at the Yankees at one oh five Eastern. Mm. The Brewers are at the Cubs at two twenty Eastern. That's huge. The White Sox are at the Astros at 708 Eastern. What Yikes. a great way to start Jose this Abreu season. reunion. Yes, that son of a bitch. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, he kidding. did say some interesting things we should talk about on Sox type thing. Right, Episode right. 19. Much much like Wilson Contreras, I've already forgotten about him. Okay. Um, <laughs> wait, really? are the t- wait a minute. Tigers are, are the- playing someplace. Hold on, hold on. I, uh, I, this is this is definitely the oh, worst. Oh, Tigers ending. at the Rays Ugh. at three ten in the oh, concrete blister in St. At, Petersburg, yeah, the, Florida. What a way to start the season! I mean, that is as depressing as it gets. What the fuck? That's, at least it'll be a controlled environment from yeah, a temperature yeah. standpoint. But this is officially the worst ending to any episode we've ever done. That was that's <laughs> as that's as depressing as it gets. So thank you for for extending this that yes. much longer. All right. But, Anyway, you can catch us all over the place on social media, everywhere else. So I think with that, we can declare this podcast is over. Peace. Peace. Yeah! Jesus fucking Christ, it's about time. S-S-H-O-L-E, everybody, hey! And I'm proud of it. Word Hall Media.